Hi, I'm Shalini. And I'm Nishita. Welcome to Read Before It Burns, our podcast where we share our thoughts on the book Fahrenheit 4 and 51 by Ray Bradbury. This dystopian novel was written 60 years ago, showing how the author imagined his future to look like. So, let's get started. The main theme that we saw through this first part of the book was realization. A time I realized something was when I found that the world is so much bigger and with lots of bigger things going on than what I used to think. I started to realize that people have their very own stories too and that we are not aware of them, but we must listen to everyone regardless of whether or not they've been through the same experience as you. This is my personal experience and connection to the book. Quick recap and what's been going on in this beginning of the book. We've met Montag, a rule follower that doesn't think very much about anything. Clarice, a very curious 17-year-old who questions almost everything. Mildred, a peculiar and interesting character. So far, Clarice and Montag have had an interesting encounter with each other that changes Montag's view on everything, and Mildred doesn't seem to be so happy. So, Shawnee, what were your thoughts on pages 1 through 7? I thought that is very intriguing. The first couple of pages really got me in a hook since Guy Montag was illustrating his life as a fireman and talking about his pleasure to burn. And something that really surprised me is that in his world, people burn books and firefighters start fires rather than putting them out in our generation, for example. And in this chapter, we also get to meet Clarice, and I thought that she's a very interesting character. And building off of that, I agree with you, and something that really really portrays his, like, happiness that he thinks he has in burning books is is this quote on the first page where he says, with the brass nozzle in his fist, with his great python spitting his venomous kerosene upon the world, the blood pounded in his head, and his hands were hands of some amazing c- conductor playing all the symphonies of blazing and burning to bring down the taters and charcoal ruins of history. I feel like that's such a um, figurative and it just really paints a picture in your mind of how how much he truly enjoys this like burning burning these books or like he has some passion for it i agree like the amount of imagery that they used for that one sentence itself was really surprising and like it is it is very in like intriguing how much he used yeah i yeah for sure and something else that also um, really intrigued me was the interaction between Montag and Clarice. Like, they're so different from each other. Clarice is quite the opposite of Montag. What your, What are your thoughts on the interaction that they had? My thoughts is that Clarice is the kind of girl, the kind of person who questions authority, She thinks about a world that does not exist in their world. She thinks of a life like ours. She asks whether or not, how would life be different if this didn't happen? Sort of like thinking how in the front page during the introduction, I'm pretty sure. I think it is called the...
Yeah, it is called the introductions by Neil Gaiman. And he talked about how how would the world be like if we thought if this happened or what would life be like if something like this occurred. So I feel like Clary sort of takes on that. She thinks, what if firefighters didn't do this? What if we were able to read books? She's the kind of girl who questions authority, and Guy is not used to doing that since he isn't educated because books don't exist in their society. So he thinks that, you know, that all just must be, like, random thoughts. That must not be true. So he doesn't really take Clarice's word, but I believe that he will start changing since he's the main character. His thoughts will start changing throughout the book, and his opinions will differ as well. Yeah, I... I definitely got that from their interaction about how how much different they were and how how unusual this was for Montag because he's always just gone with the authorities and like never really questioned any of the things he does because just in this world that they're living in right now is it's just so much like no one really questions anything they ever do and it's it's very much different, and, um, yeah, it just, Clarice has such an imaginative mind that is, like, much, much different than most people that are living in this world, so, yeah, that, I agree with you, Shalini, I think so. One more thing adding on to that, I think that Clarice is very open with a guy. I think it was mentioned later on that, a lot of people don't really go talk to firemen, firemen. People don't really interact with firemen. But she's very open with them. She asks openly, like, how long have you been working? How old are you? Like, how's your life like? She's very open with that sort of thing. And even she likes to reveal about her life. She talked about her uncle a lot. She mentioned her uncle a lot in the past, in the past couple of pages. So, Why yeah. do you think Clarice seems to be so open and wants to ask these questions? Again, I think it's with the fact that she might be educated secretly. Somehow, she's more educated than most people in the society, which is why she believes that she can be open with other people. She believes that other people have stories to tell and thoughts of their own, which is why she's, uh, which is why she's more open with a guy and ask him more questions. So, what else do you think? Are some questions? Are some things that you thought about the first like seven pages? Um, I think as much as Guy seemed very uncomfortable with this conversation with Clarice, as much as he didn't want to think, and as much as he admired this world he lived in, because he has such an like amazing. And, like if you would think about it, he has he's living a very normal life. Like he goes to work gets paid for it, comes back, and, like, doesn't really have to think about anything. But then when Clarice asks these deep questions, it really strikes something in him. If you were in Clarice's place, what kind of questions would you ask Guy? It could be, like, one or two questions. What would you ask him about his life and his passions? That's a good question. Um, If I... Since if I was living in this world as well, I wouldn't know much. But if I were Clarice and judging by her personality from these first seven pages, I would probably, I would probably ask him if, if he knows anything 
about a about a previous world or if if he's actually truly enjoying what he does or like why and if he does why does he enjoy this what why does this give him joy is it because like he's he feels like he's some authoritative person or is there some other reason like this burning these books or doing his job basically gives him so much joy those are some really good points you make i really agree yeah i think that's a very good way to sum up the first seven pages of the book i'm happy what does she think i'm not he asked the quiet rooms montag says this in the beginning of uh, page number eight when Clarice ask him, asks him if he's happy, and then she walks away. So, um, I just thought it was interesting. Like, do you think he's happy, Shawnee? I don't really think that Montag is happy, and here's some foreshadowing. I think the reason why he's not that happy is perhaps he's just trying to act like as if he loves his job to, in order to be able to fit into society. He tries to act like he loves his job because... Everything's supposed to be okay, right? But I bet that there is something that he is hiding. Maybe maybe he wishes that he did live a better life and lived in a better society than the one that he's living in right now. Which connects to our theme of realization. It's like he's starting to realize. Like He doesn't want to show it because maybe he enjoys this or whatever. But Or maybe he just, you know wants to think he's enjoying but like at the back of his mind he's starting to realize how maybe maybe he doesn't you know and so let's talk about what happened from pages 18 to i mean 8 to 18 so we we saw that mildred was mildred took too many sleeping pills and so uh, montag had emergency guys come over and do a whole procedure yeah. So, what were your thoughts on on the medical procedure? Did you think that was normal or I don't really think it felt normal. The way that the medical guys who or whoever they were that took Mildred away to get her fixed up, they didn't really seem as professional as the doctors that we have now. Being a doctor is like a huge privilege. You have to take care of a human bodies every single day and you have to make sure that they're healthy, that like whenever you have to do procedure everything goes okay because, you know, Lives are really big things. Doctors, they save lives. They're supposed to save lives. So being a doctor is a really huge privilege that one must have. But the doctors here didn't really seem that privileged or professional. They were, like, smoking cigarettes and cigars. They were just talking nonsense, sort of, I guess. They weren't really being specific on what exactly they are doing to Mildred. They just hooked up this big robot to her. And to this, like, this big machine just really did his own thing they weren't really looking over this big machine so that is just my thoughts on it so what do you think about the machines um if they were really interesting and much much different than how if somebody took too many sleeping pills i think like you know they would put some injection or something but in in this world they just suck basically they they made it seem so easy but it's like they sucked all the blood out of Mildred and put in new blood, which is which is kind of scary and just weird to think about. And I also thought how um, it was interesting when Mildred woke up um, 
where she was like she couldn't remember anything she was hungry and she was like no i would never take all my sleeping pills like i would never do that and when she like starts denying it and um yeah relating back to that when let's go back a couple of pages remember when mildred first like was found on the couch and with all her sleeping pills do you think that that incident was accidental or not um this um i have i would have to come to page number 18 when she's like when she talks about being in a play which she's not really in a play it's just following along with tv characters and how she seems so needy and like she seems brainwashed too yeah so i don't i don't know maybe she took the pills on purpose because if they're sleeping pills if and if she took like four already she would like she would be sleepy so i would maybe she took them on purpose maybe mildred's not really happy in the society that goes back to like our theme again i'm pretty sure it's sort of like that realization montag maybe he'll slowly start to realize that the society isn't all what it seemed it's not perfect it's not it's not where everyone's happy and also going back to the doctor incident the doctor said that they get cases like this almost every night did they say seven to nine or something they said that they got like a lot of cases per night that's not very normal yeah. and you know yeah yeah it's 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 intriguing and it back to what you said like the theme maybe mildred has this realization like she's like god this is not what i want to live in. and montek starting to realize especially like he it hit him when his wife like was in such danger and like nobody really cared maybe he was like and that really got him to thinking like wow maybe this is not normal yeah i really agree I think that really sums up pages 8 to 18. Alright, now let's talk about pages 18 through 28. And this is when we get to meet the Hound at first. It's basically this thing in his workplace. It seems to be a mechanical engine. Since it's referenced as getting it fixed up or it uses memory. There's a quote that says, Irritated but not completely angry. Just enough memory set up in it by someone, so it growled when I touched it. That was one of the quotes on page 24, uh, according to the captain, when the hound approaches Guy. Yeah, and it's interesting how later the captain asked, Who would do a thing like that? You haven't any enemies here, Guy. And it's like, the captain finds somebody suspicious. He thinks maybe... Someone programmed the hound to do this to Guy and, like, growl at him. So, maybe Guy's hiding something. Maybe somebody... Or perhaps someone else is hiding something from the guy. From Guy. Guy is, by the way, Montag's first name. His name is Guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, what did you think about the amount of interactions Clarice and Guy had? I think they're coming to the point of which Guy is now... Trying to change his thoughts? A little bit, yeah. Yes. Like, he's he's realizing, like, how we, in, as our theme, he's realizing stuff. He's, like, like the how many, the amount of questions. Now he's not uh, uncomfortable with the questions Chloe's asked. He, he, he also thinks with her. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't show it as much, but he's getting somewhere. He knows. Yeah. He, he's starting to think... This is not normal. I think with enough interactions, Guy will slowly start changing his mindset on his society. So yes, I totally agree with what you're saying. 
Um, a question that I have for you is, how do you think Clarice has impacted Guy's life? I mean, in the beginning, Guy was, like, um, super, I, I would say, like, dumb. Like, he <laughs> didn't really think about anything. And as of right now, too, he doesn't... He can't understand the depthness or, like, the meaning of what Clarice has asked him because he's never taught about these things in his life. So it's like Clarice has affected him in a good way, I feel like. Cause she's, like, she's now just starting to ask him all these questions. It's like she's make, opening Guy up to what the reality of this, the, the worst, what the worst of this world might be. I think the only conflict, I mean, I totally agree with what you said, but I think one of the only conflicts with their friendship or the friendship that they're having that's growing on right now is that if other people find out that they're both questioning society, imagine how other people who are not as knowledgeable as them ask, uh, like, imagine that because they haven't been exposed to a viewpoint that Guy and Clarice are sharing right now. So if other people find out about their daily discussions or whatnot, perhaps they will start threatening Guy or Clarice and it will, it, that's the only negative thing that I think will happen. And so. I think that's a very good point and a very good way to end it. <laughs>